Welcome to another episode of the Ask a CISO podcast, powered by Harangi, Asia's leader in cloud security. Every episode, you get insider tips and insights into current challenges and newest trends in cybersecurity from the world's best experts to help level up your cybersecurity career. Here's your host, Paul Hadji, to introduce today's guest. All right, welcome to Harangi's Ask a CISO podcast helping you navigate the rough seas of cybersecurity and information security to get your organizations where they need to go. I'm Mark Fuentes, and I'm sitting in for the boss man, Paul Haji, today on our hard-hitting episode, so let's get right to it. Uh, today, we have a really great, great uh, guest. Um, I'd like to present you guys with uh, W. Curtis Preston. He is uh, widely known in many circles as Mr. Backup because basically he's the accepted expert in the field in backup and recovery systems. Uh, I think uh, he's been in the space since 1993, quite some time. Um, today, he's the chief technical evangelist at Druva. Uh, and by today, he's written four books on the, on the subject of backup and recovery systems, uh, the latest of which was Modern Data Protection from O'Reilly back in May of last year. Mm -hmm. uh, he's visiting us today from his own podcast, Restore It All, and he is the founder and webmaster of BackupCentral.com. Uh, welcome, welcome, Preston. How's it going? Glad to be here. All right, all right. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for your time. We appreciate you coming on and you know sharing some of your your uh, harder knowledge with us. Um, so maybe uh, just to get everybody you know started, maybe you can um, tell us a little bit about the Mister Backup uh, title and uh, how it came about. Everybody always wants to know about that. The, the, yeah. the funny thing is, I, I don't even really know how it came to be. It's just that I, you know, most people, you know, backup is where a lot of IT people get their start. It, it's the job that we give to the, you know, to the junior person, uh, which, which we shouldn't do. We can talk about that, but it, it is Definitely. what we do. And the reason we give it to the junior guy is that it's the job nobody wants, right? Yeah. And so we give it to not the junior. Not the job, you know, not. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right. Um, and that's how I got my job back in, um, you know, 1993 at what at that time was the second largest credit card company. And when I, when I think about it, the fact that I'd been at the company for maybe I don't know, a couple of weeks. I was a Unix noob. I, I had worked at another company for like two months that just didn't work out. And that was the only Unix training I had. And now I was being given the root password at, you know, a whole bunch of Unix servers at a $35 billion company. Isn't that the way it used to go? You know, it's just, it's just it used to hand out root like right? it was JD, wasn't it? Yeah. And... <laughs> And so what happened, I, you know, I'd been there a few years. I, I, I went from being the, the backup guy to the people in charge of the backup people. And then I went into consulting to actually get out of backup, but through a complete, like nothing having to do with me, I ended up getting put at the headquarters of a large oil and gas company and their backups were broken. And so it wasn't why I was there, but I couldn't help myself. And then I just got this idea that maybe I knew something about something that most people didn't. And so I wrote my first article that was uh, in a, a magazine called Unix Review. It, it, no one listening to your podcast has ever heard of that magazine, but it used to be a big magazine back in the day. 
I, and I'm definitely, I'm definitely old school. I'm one of those people that laments the death of print. Uh, so yeah, I'm right yeah. There with you. And that was, I mean, I, I actually, when that article published, I actually got to go down to, uh, we used to have a big chain here called borders, right? Yeah, and yeah, that, that was the, that was the last big bookstore. I actually went to borders and I, they had a newsstand and my magazine with my name on the cover was on that newsstand. And that was like the coolest moment of my life up to that I can point. Imagine. Right? I can imagine. And, yeah. And, and then, you know, that I got the publishing bug from that. And shortly after is when I wrote the first book. And, you know, at some point I just realized that, you know, go with what you know. And even though backup is the one of the least sexiest, if not the least sexiest part of, of, you know, IT, uh, there's a definite need, right? And so there you go. I mean, I would argue and being, being, um, being a GRC person myself, uh, I would argue that probably one of the least sexiest might be compliance. Uh, might be, uh, <laughs> we, might, we could probably get into a competition. Yeah, I, think, I think there's a lot of competition over a lot of, uh, things that people consider unsexy being, uh, mostly because everyone just wants to be a hacker, right? Everybody wants to be a pen tester. So, yeah. uh, definitely a lot of things we could compete on, on that. So, uh, yeah, I'll leave it, I'll leave it there. That's, I think that's an, uh, that's a debate for another, another episode. Um, so today, today you're the, uh, chief technical evangelist over at Drua. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe a little bit of a sh uh, shameless plugging. Maybe you want to tell us about Druva and what, what's going on over there. Yeah, sure. We are um, the industry's first and leading SaaS-based data protection system, right? So we are we are a SaaS service just like Microsoft 365 or Salesforce. Our tech runs in AWS and our customers, you know, we back up data centers, SaaS services, cloud services, and uh, endpoints all you know, globally deduplicated, then uh, backed up to the cloud, and of, of course, encrypted in transit, encrypted, stored uh, on your behalf, stored in S3. And we don't we do all of that as a service without requiring our customers to have any infrastructure. So just you know, the, depending on what we're backing up, you might just have to authenticate us to a service like 365. You might have to put an agent on a physical machine. Or if it's something like VMware, you put an OBA in there to give it, to give us a, a you know, a, an end into that world. Uh, but other than that, there's no, you know, there's no infrastructure required uh, by our customers. Could you, um, on, on that same note, could you maybe extrapolate a little bit about the differences about between perhaps somebody uh, managing their own backups and whatnot or versus using Druva? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Backups have always been, well, they used to almost be easy. <laughs> what I think back, back in the day, right? My hardest job was just, I, I had, I remember I had like, I don't know, I, I would make like 50 tapes a day. They were small tapes. Right. And, and they would generally all run. Every once in a while, a tape drive might break or something, but th that was relatively easy. But what happened over the years was actually tape drives got too fast. Um, and everybody thought they were too slow. And so they were changing their designs the wrong way. And, and I built a whole career out of helping people properly use tape. Um, and, and, but that, 
But now most everybody due to that frustration has moved off of tape. Yeah. But back then that was our primary problem was let's just get the backups done and get them done, uh, you know, reliably. And um, what we didn't have to worry about is what I think is the primary concern in backup and recovery environments today. And that's cybersecurity. No one was attacking the backup systems, right? No one even knew they existed, honestly, right? right? But now backup systems are absolutely, you know, a target for, uh, for, for ransomware attacks and exfiltration attacks. Lots of gold in there. The backup, yeah, the backup people have to do so much more to their backup system. So basically in order to have an on-prem backup system or, or even a, so, so some people they've taken their on-prem backup VMs and they've moved them into AWS, it's still the same, right? The, the only thing you don't have to worry about there is the physical infrastructure. But if you just moved your backup into the, you know, as a VM in the cloud, you're still dealing with everything I'm about to say. So you need to size it. You need to size the storage. You need to size, you know, the growth of that storage. You typically are buying licenses based on the size of everything, right? And you're typically doing a large capital purchase, which takes you like three to five years, right? It's supposed to take you through three to five years, right? So you have to guess in advance how big you're going to be in three to five years, which is just a a ridiculous thing to do, but it's, it's what you have to do. And then once you've guessed that and you bought all those licenses, you bought all the hardware or virtual, whatever you had to buy, and then you've implemented it. Now you have to secure it against all of these things that, you know, people are, um, going to, you know, to try to do to it. And the problem is, you know, I mentioned the tape to disk transfer, uh, that is transformation that happened over the last 20 years. The problem is that that move to disk as a, as a primary target for backup is what's created this problem because back in the day, you know, that's what us old guys get to say. Back in the day, you made a tape, you handed it to a man in the van and you had what we called an air gap, right? Mm -hmm. Between the, the protected system and the protection system. Now you don't, you have a backup system and behind that backup system is a disk array. And then you might replicate to another backup system and behind that backup system is a disk array. And all of this is online. It's all network. Yeah. It's all network. Right. And so, uh, you, you have to, and then also add to the fact that many of these systems are based on windows, which is the primary attack vector. Not, you know, I'm a, I'm a, an admitted Unix bigot. I'll say it. Right. <laughs> and I won't say that Unix or Linux is, uh, you know, impervious here. It absolutely isn't, but windows is still the primary attack vector because that's what the laptops are, right? So yep, people are out sure. there, they're getting, um, they're getting ransomware on their laptops because they kept clicking on the thing we told them not to click on. They get ransomware. Then they log into the VPN or come into the building. You remember when people used to come into the building? Oh <laughs> yeah. They came into the building. Yeah. I'm one of those back in the day guys too. And I actually miss coming into the building. Yeah. I miss swiping my card, you know, yeah. I, miss, yeah. I even miss man traps, which is weird. Man traps. Uh, yeah. I miss man traps, you know. I hadn't thought about man traps. Well, I worked at a credit card company. We yeah. had real man traps where you had to go in, you had to wear a, a smock and yeah. that, that had no pockets 
And um, especially when you knew what we call plastics, which is where they actually made the card. Um, yep. You had to wear a, 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 you know, a thing without pockets and you went in and someone examined you before you got through the, the other door, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, yeah, I, it's odd. I miss those things. I miss yeah, those little, yeah. you know, now it's just, you know, I get up and I, sometimes I put pants on, sometimes I don't, I don't know. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you're only being filmed from the waist yeah. up, so it's all good. Yeah. You know, no one knows uh, what's going on under here. I don't know. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but the um, the uh, the thing is that y y as a backup system person, you have to deal with all these things that we just didn't have to deal with back in the day, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's that is a reality of a modern day backup system, a person who's managing a backup system, and many of them are still using backup software that was written 30 years ago. And yes, it's been enhanced over the years, but it still often is using, um, you know, a design that, that, that was inherently flawed to begin with. You yeah. really have to apply, you know, we could talk for a long time about the concepts of least privilege, uh, role-based administration, limiting the blast radius of an attack if there is an attack, yeah. segregating, you know, there's all sorts of things that a, a person doing an on-prem backup system must do it's no longer an option they must do it and then or they can use a service like druva that handles all of that for them right and that actually that actually comes to up it brings to mind a, a question i had a similar question that brought uh, us into this line or uh plan for later but i'll jump ahead to it you know um i feel like a lot of my clients that i consult with um nowadays when I talk about backup, they think of it as like control, like control S, like just, you know, hit the save button and we're good. Right. Yeah. Like we oversimplify backup, uh, to this, to that process. Right. And, uh, as you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of cybersecurity that goes into it. There's, there's, um, planning ahead to see how much space you're going to take up, you know, uh, retention rates, uh, there's, you know, uh, practicing the restore, the restore process and how complicated restoring is actually, uh, restoring from backup. Um, you're, so how many, how would you say, like, what's the percentage of people that understand the complexities of, of the backup space, backup and restore space? Like, yeah, like tiny, right. I'll, for the audio, yeah. I'll say I'm holding up two tiny fingers close together. Yeah. Uh, it, it, is it, it is a small, again, it, I think it's because of, it really goes back to what I said at the beginning, that it's not a job anybody wants. So if somebody starts getting a, you know, a, nobody wants to be the person that raises their hand and asks these questions, because if you ask these questions, someone's going to say, yeah, Curtis, why don't you go look into that? <laughs> yeah. Now, now you're the guy, you're the guy. Yeah. Now you're the backup expert. So. Yeah. Uh, you seem to know a lot about backup, Curtis. Why don't you go take a look at the backup system? And so no, nobody wants to do, nobody wants to do the backup job because it's really you're invisible or you're in trouble, right? No, nobody remembers the million backups that you got right. They only remember the one restore that you got wrong. They only see they only see you when you fail, right? Yeah. In, in fact, I I, I you know I, I I talk about this job that I first started. And I had a, um, I had a major restore failure six weeks into my time there. 
Mm. And luckily that got blamed on poor training. Um, and then I had, um, right towards the end, I managed to, uh, push the EPO button in the data center <laughs> and, and extended our, uh, an outage by several hours because we, you know, it was easy to turn off. It wasn't easy to turn back on. Right. And so I, I've gone, that was, that was 25 years ago. And those people, that's literally all they remember to this day. No one remembers yeah. all the great things I did to the backups, but they remember that time I pressed the EPO remember button. Remember that time? Yeah. Remember, <laughs> yeah. That, remember that time you, you, that you made it, you made it last six more hours. Remember that? Yeah. Time? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Trust me. I remember that time. <laughs> so yeah. So nobody wants to be that person. And so right. as a result, what happens is, is it the backup system, if it, in, if it is indeed a system or, you know, a series of boxes in the corner, it goes completely ignored by so many people, by the cybersecurity person, uh, you know, by, by a, a sysadmins that it doesn't get patches as quickly as it should. In my opinion, it should be the first thing that's patched when we're talking yep. about security patches. But again, going back to backup, backup think they don't want to patch it because it's the last line of defense. There is nothing more terrifying than upgrading your backup server, right? It's the last line of defense. And so no one, no one wants to change it. And yet because of all this cybersecurity stuff that we're talking about, it needs to be changed on a, on a, on a daily basis. And again, going back to a SaaS service, all of that stuff just happens, right? You know, we, you know, we use an agile development model. We're pushing out code every, every week or two weeks, and it just, it just gets pushed. Nobody's rebooting backup servers anywhere. We actually sure. spawn the, the way the cloud works, you know, we're spawning backup servers and containers and all these types of things when backups need to happen. Uh, so there, there, this idea of rebooting servers just doesn't, doesn't exist. Right. So it, it sounds to me a lot like, I mean, maybe this is an oversimplification, but it sounds to me like the AWS of backups, basically, right? You don't have to worry about all of those stuff anymore. You just say, Hey, um, you guys are my service provider now. And, um, you know, you guys yeah, are the nitty gritty. Of it. I would call it the, the Microsoft 365 of backups. The, okay. the reason, the reason why I differentiate there is in AWS, you're still responsible for an awful lot. That's right. right? That's you, true. they provide you, they provide you the, the hardware. To, to make a VM, they provide you the storage, they provide you a lot of things, but it is still your responsibility to, to, to do things with that. Right. right. Whereas 365, you get the whole kit and caboodle, right? You, you, you okay. pay whatever it is, like five bucks a user, you know, per month for your email system and you get magic, right? But the backend system automatically scales up and scales down to meet your needs, all of the and, and, and just like us, they also need to secure their system and they're going to apply the best, you know, the, the, the latest and greatest security systems that they can to protect their customers. The same is true of us. Right. So it's just a service that is just super. That's the beauty of 365 is that you just pay the $5 a user and you get everything you need. The, the back end, and this is the real key part, the back end automatically uh, sizes for you, right? So it automatically expands and contracts to meet your needs. You get automatically the amount of storage that you need, no more and no less, right? It, 
that right. saves them money that that which gets passed on to you and then um the 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 other thing is that you know we do have competitors that are running saas services in the cloud but what they've done is uh, adopted a, a lift and shift mentality so what they did was they took and they just you know moved how it's done here cloud yeah and they put it they put a ui in front of it and there's nothing wrong with that per se but when you're what you're really doing there is you're really just it's like you're using uh aws or azure as a giant colo facility and yeah. your your costs as a vendor are going to be very different than if you actually program to the way aws works right so and you're essentially you're essentially propagating outdated methods methodologies and, and mechanisms right yeah, so I, exactly. I i when you say there's I know you're being uh I know you're being diplomatic when you say there's nothing wrong with a lift and shift uh approach. Well what, what I, I'm not gonna say it's it's not diplomatic sorry to argue with it's not diplomatic. I, there's nothing wrong with the approach, it's just not a long term no it's not approach, right? I, if you're gonna live it. in the cloud, you need to refactor for the cloud. Exactly. And as we we move further and further into the cloud, I think lift and shift is 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 really not something anyone wants to not an approach anyone wants to adopt because like just first and foremost it's just not cost effective right right and you're, you're not using like you said you're not using the the optimizations that are built into the cloud uh to your advantage so i right yeah. uh but yeah definitely um definitely i'm right there with you i i actually had a question i had a question about uh my, my producer put on my on my list here about uh what a chief uh, chief, uh, tech, uh, technology evangelist does, but, uh, I think I know already. Cause I'm pretty I sold. think you do. This I'm is it. Sold. Yeah. I yeah. Do. I, I, I sit and I talk all the time. <laughs> I, I'm sold. I'm sold on, I'm sold on the solution. I think, uh, it makes sense. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Um, so yeah, I don't have to ask anymore. I think uh, you sold me. Uh, I'm, I'm all about the, the solution at this point. Um, but I want to shift gears really fast. Um. So, you know, one, you know, one of the hot button issues today is ransomware, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I was just talking about this with a couple of people yesterday and, and the day before, and, and, um, we were arguing about, um, how widely known it is that, uh, that backups are the, like the best protection against ransomware, uh, and how well people know this, right? right. Is, is it a, a widely accepted thing or not? But. Maybe I, maybe I wanted you to, you know, in case there are people out there that didn't realize that backups are your main, you know, uh, line of defense against ransomware, which is quite relevant for today. Yeah, maybe absolutely. You could, yeah, maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I would say it's it's really your your only defense, right? It's your only defense if you've been hit, right? So that there are there are many many things that you must be doing in advance to try to stop the attack. But sure. if you have been attacked, um, you know, th th it's the only thing that is going to get you out of hot water without paying the ransom. And sure. the, and, you know, it's the difference between your company going out of business or not. And, but the, the, the key here is that it needs to be, again, I'll go back in the day. Back in the day, so many companies didn't have what I would consider to be a real DR system, right? A disaster recovery system. They, we had a box of tapes in a van 
right? And and we right. prayed to God we'd never had to use them because yes. we would do like a, you know, my again, we were I was at this huge bank and we didn't have a real DR system. And we had a box of tapes. Every six months, we would test part of the restore. But never once, I was there three years, never once did we do a full DR test at all. And even, even if we did a full DR test, what I know is that because the full restore was a true restore, Mm -hmm. the, it, even if it worked, the restore would have taken a ridiculous amount of time that would have cost the company millions and millions of dollars, right? Yeah, the proposition it, is, is terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. absolutely. And so that's why, the, again, the cloud comes into play here. The cloud or, or DR, and by the way, the reason why I'm talking about DR is, is that's really what we, it, it, ransomware is another type of disaster. disaster. Ransomware, it's a disaster, right? No, um, it, yeah, no two ways about it. It's, it's a particular disaster. kind of disaster. We'll come back to that, right? Um, it's not the same as a hurricane, right? When it, well, shoot, I'll just cover it now. When you get hit with a hurricane or a, you know, um, monsoon or whatever, um, the, the hurricane hits, the flood happens, the monsoon comes, and then it's over. And then you begin your recovery. That isn't the case with a ransomware attack. The ransomware attack comes and it's ongoing as you are trying to restore. And that there's a group of people who are actively trying to have you not be successful at that restore. So it's, so, you know, we have to acknowledge that it's a different kind of restore, but it is the only way you're going to really respond well is to have a good modern day DR system and the good news is that DR is the killer app for the cloud because what you need is a whole bunch of infrastructure really quick and you don't want to pay for that infrastructure until you actually need it. Need it that right. is that is the cloud, right? Yeah, you we've essentially we've essentially made, you know, hot sites and warm sites uh obsolete, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so right. What you do is, again, a modern system, and yes, Druva does this, we're not the only one, but a modern DR system basically pre-restores your data into your DR environment. So it's, it's like a standby site, but where you're only paying for the disk, the disk part um, prior to actually testing or declaring a disaster. So you do the restore in advance. So you specify what you want your RTO and RPO, your recovery time objective, your recovery point objective. You specify what you want those to be. You specify what needs to be included in a, in a DR, um, you know, in an executed DR plan. And then it's pre-restored on your behalf so that when you go to do a, a disaster recovery, you don't actually have to do the restore part. You might have to do some messing around with it just a little bit and, and you might, and you, and depending on how big you are, your biggest job will be simply booting, you know, a, a significant number of VMs in, uh, you know, in, in a reasonable amount of time. Right. And so what you yeah. need is you need something to orchestrate all of that. So yeah, backup and DR are your only tools if you've been hit, but they're, they're a little bit like, um, you know, it, it's got to be taken, you know, before, right? It's like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a vaccine, right? You, right. Vaccine doesn't help after you've been infected. A vaccine is a great tool on the front end, 
this is more like medicine, right? So yeah, you got to put in the work up front. Yeah, but you've got you've got to you've got to have decided up front what's what's important. Decided up front what um um you know what's going to be included in your disaster, and also where and how you're going to recover that. And hopefully, you have a modern day. Uh, data protection system that basically does all this in advance for you. And then when it's time to do a, a restore, you literally just push a button and it should, it basically the, the, the problem is the hardest part then is just how long it's going to take to bring all the VMs online. Yeah. And, and um, actually I think uh, you said, you said a key word there that I think leads me right, segues me perfectly into my next uh, question. You said modern data protection system, yep. which uh, calls back to your your latest book, Modern Data Protection. Um, so maybe um, I, you know, just for those out there, I'm, I figure maybe you want to tell us a little bit about the book. You know, who's it for? Uh, what are the really good takeaways? Uh, a couple of good takeaways from the book. Obviously, I don't want to sure. spoil it for everybody, right? So. <laughs> uh, so first off, it is an independent book, right? It's not a, it's not a Druva book. It's an O'Reilly book yep. and you, um, and what it does is it, it first lays out, here are all the things that need to be backed up, which sounds like a really basic, but for example, one of the things we talk about are SaaS services like Microsoft 365 and G Suite and why, yes, they do need to be backed up that, and by the way. What, what does the chief technical evangelist do? Explain that last thing a lot, yeah. right? Sure. Because sure. You, you, have, you do have some people that actively are arguing against that point. So here are all the things that need to be lack, backed up here. You know, we, and we talk about everything from servers to laptops, to SaaS services, to containers, and what's unique about them and VMs and, and all of these different things and what's unique about each one. Then we talk about all of the, uh, the different things that you could back them up to the different types of backup software out there. I think I identified about 10 different categories of, uh, backup software. Then there's also another chapter on backup methods, you know, everything from full and incremental to byte level incremental to, uh, dedup you know, source side deduplication. There's all these different ways to do backup. And then, um, and then, uh, you know, I have it. We also talk about archive and how archive is not backup and, um, and, and why it's different. We talk about disaster recovery. We have a chapter on how to explain all this and get money for it, right? How to, how to create, you know, how to get buy-in for, for a new key. system. That is really important, right? Yeah. And then sort of at the end, we, you know, sum it all up to here's how to help decide which of all of that is right for you, right? And, um, you know, and you might expect because I work for Druva, I'm just going to push Druva in there. I, I don't, right. In fact, I tried really hard to be, to, to give the other sides it even, even, you know, it, uh, nicer to the other side to make sure that I wasn't sure. doing that. It was also technically reviewed by people that work at our competitors. So, uh, I think I did a pretty good job of, of being even handed there and, um, then, but you know, really what it comes down to, it's, it's, it's a relatively small book. It's about 350 pages. It is technical, but not deep technical, right? So I'm covering it. If I went one layer deeper than I went, the book would have been 20,000 pages long. 
because I'd have to cover every product. I don't cover product names. I just cover product categories, right? Um, and so I use phrases like traditional backup software, uh, um, VMware centric backup software. There's a half a dozen products in that category, the chief of which would be Veeam, right? Veeam yep. came out and that that's what they aimed at. Then there's a couple of companies that have come out that are, that have, have done uh, scale out backup appliances. There's a couple of companies that have done their rubric and cohesity would fall into that category. Uh, okay. and then there's, uh, then there's the SaaS services like Druva and we're not the only one of those either, but, um, so yeah, so that's, so if, if you're, I will say, if you're worried the book would be too technical for you, I think you'll be fine. Okay. Um, if what you're looking for is a how to guide on how to, you know, install net backup, this isn't the book for you. <laughs> Right? Sure. It, it would have been 20,000 pages if I did that. But if, if you're looking to prove a point of like, yeah. you know, Hey, 365 needs to be backed up. You'll find a, you'll find a couple of pages just for you. Right. And if you, and if you don't know, if you find yourself tasked with backup systems and you find yourselves in the middle of alphabet soup and you don't know what all of, you know, deduplicate, what is deduplication? What's source side and target side and, you know, all, you know, it explains what all of those things are to the best of my ability. I think, uh, except from what you're saying, it sounds like the book we need, right? The book we need today, uh, because, uh, you know, there are a billion books about, uh, like you said, the technical side of backup, how it's done, the different, uh, concepts. Um, I think we need a book that explains to us in, in, at a high level, how this stuff works, but more importantly, how to get money to fund it. Right. Yeah. I think that's the thing that's missing in a lot of, uh, security programs today is personnel who understand how to explain to leadership that, Hey, we need to spend money on this. Right. So, and right. that chapter, I actually, it's one of two chapters that I actually, uh, farmed out to friends and it's written by a person who that's what he's had to do his whole career. Right. He's worked at big corporations where he's had to get money, uh, and get buy-in. It's about getting money. It's about. It's about getting the rest of your company to buy into not just the money, but the design, the way yeah. that you're doing the backups, right? And, and uh, having them matters. understand, having them understand the value of that design, right? Right. Um, and actually, that that actually uh, reaches back to something you said earlier. And I, I, I just you said it, and I was very, uh, you know, my ears perked up. You said that there are people who are actively arguing against these things. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. It, like what's, what, are the, what are the main arguments against this? The, the main argument, and, 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 and by the way, I encounter this most in the Microsoft 365 crowd, which mm -hmm. there's some smart people, right? Um, they feel that Microsoft has built enough redundancy and enough native data protection features that you don't need backup. And, um, and I say, well, um, you know, a, a couple of things, right? My, 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 I have a couple sort of silver bullets, right? One of them is the three, two, one rule of backup, which is a very, you know, it's a very well acknowledged rule, three, at least three versions of your stuff, two different media, one of which is offsite. They do what they have some nice features and they use words like restore in the documentation. You can restore an email, but you're not restoring storing an email because restore means you went to a backup. A backup mm -hmm. by definition is stored somewhere else. 
it's not stored anywhere else. It's stored in a server, right? I mean, I, I realize it's a, it's a, you know, it's a bank of servers, but it's sure. stored in a computer and behind that computer is a database, right? A, a very specialized database, but, um, it, um, it, and if something goes wrong, it goes poof. I, I don't know how to say anything other than that. So that's the three, two, and that's why we have always had backups. Right. Uh, yes. The other thing is that, you know, there are stories of people either accidentally or someone maliciously massively corrupting their Microsoft 365 environment. And then if they didn't have a third party backup, they are SOL. Right. 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 And I, you know, I, I can think of the, the most famous one. There was one last year where uh, there's a large company called KPMG and yep. they were a 365 customer. They were trying to, <clears throat> they were, it was in the chats. So they had a user's chat that they wanted to delete. They wanted to, and there was never a story as to why this thing needed to be deleted, but it was something bad. Like <laughs> Steve should not have said the thing that he said. And I, we just got to erase all memory of Steve. I don't know what the story is, but, right, right. um, but they needed to delete Steve's chat history and the history of his chat history, right? Because they, they, that they, they had the, they had this concept, Microsoft 365 has this concept called retention policies. And you mm -hmm. could specify, you can do it globally, or you can do it by application. You could say every email, every chat, every file must be retained for 90 days. You pick the time. Right. right. And you can even right. push a button that says, and we can't change our mind. So once it, once an email has been received or created, it, it will be retained for 90 days, no matter who says otherwise, because you push that button. Yep. And, and so some people would push this as a, as a, um, you know, uh, as a, as an alternative to backup. Right. And to which I say, well, the, the problem is there's like a, a single digit percentage of Microsoft 365 users that even know they exist, let alone use them. Right. But here's what happened. So they had a retention policy for all of their users. It said all chats get kept for again, I'm going to say 90 days. Sure. And they, but they wanted to delete this chat right away. And so what they needed to do is they need to create another policy and then move Steve into that other policy. And then, and another policy with a retention period of zero. I can almost and, see where and, this is going. And then move <laughs> it in there. Yeah. You know where it's going, right? Yeah, yeah, I can see where it's going. Okay. It's the wrong step. They moved everyone else into the new policy. policy. Right. And boom, 165,000 users had all of their private chats deleted instantaneously with no backup of them whatsoever. The system did <laughs> as it was designed to do, right? Right. And, um, you know, at least, at least, you know, KPMG didn't try, because I've seen companies, when companies do something stupid like this, they try to sue. They're like, you know, you should have, uh, you know, you should have done. No, at, at least they knew they, <clears throat> they made a major mistake. They sue for a feature, right? Well, but I mean, I've seen it. There was a company that uh, deleted their entire account out of uh, a Google suite or G suite, right? Mm -hmm. And that <laughs> they were a very cloud company. So they, they stored their entire company's intellectual property in G drive. Yeah. And their admin meant to delete a test account, deleted a, the production account and their entire company ceased to exist. They tried to sue Google and 
no deal, right? So we actually, we actually, I had a customer, uh, same thing. They, uh, their whole stuff was in, in G suite. Um, they had one, you know, they had really poor, uh, policies, right? They had one employee that synced the entire thing to his desktop and he decided he didn't want any of that stuff. So he just deleted it, deleted it and then synced back with, with their uh, G suite and the, the whole company was gone, just gone in, in a yeah. flash. And see, this is why we make backups. Right. right. Now, That's right. Now, the argument on that side is, well, if they set up the system properly, sure. but how many people, but how many people you know, set up some properly anyway? Right. Th this is why we make backups. And again, and, and again, I, you know, I know it sounds like I push it, but this is why I think backup should be as simple as possible. Right. right. With R365 backup, you just authenticate us to the proper user. You specify either the users you want to backup or just say, get everybody. And then you're done. That's yeah. it. Right? right. And then it's right. just going to automatically run from that point. So yeah, there are people who are actively trying to basically say that Microsoft has built in enough uh, redundancy. And again, remember, redundancy isn't backup. That's redundancy, right. you know, if you, if you have, if you have um, replication, replication just makes your, your mistake more effective. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mistake, right. Right. Um, and so, you know, and they, they talk about that there are lagged copies, which is true, but ask Microsoft if you're allowed to use them. And the answer is no. I asked them. We're, we're a Microsoft 365 customer. And I, I asked them a point blank question if I could use the lag copy to restore my account if it got horribly corrupted. And, and the answer was no. Oh. Right. You, you contrast yeah. that. You know, I, I'm aware of, you know, we, our customers get ransomware attacks all the time. And I'm aware of a really big one that happened relatively recently. <clears throat> they attacked, they attached, uh, attacked thousands of desktops and their 365 environment. And we were able to restore them easy peasy. Right. So the question is when the worst happens, do you want a tool that was never designed to do what you're going to ask it to do? Or do you want a tool that was designed for that? Right. Cause the, the, you know, the thing with retention policies, for example, is it will be able to get you if you used it properly, <clears throat> excuse me, it will be able to get your stuff back. But what it is, is it's, it's actually an e-discovery tool. It's not a backup tool. Right. And so it doesn't understand concepts of like folders, for example, it also doesn't know how to set. you can't tell it, put my, my mailbox, the way it looked yesterday. Right. right? I've received, you know, 2000 emails in the last 90 days. I don't want all 2000 emails. Yeah, I'm just going to vomit all 2000 in the inbox yesterday. Right. right. That's what a backup tool does. And I, I just don't understand. I, I don't understand people not wanting that. I get them saying, look, we're, you know, we're already paying Microsoft 30 grand a month. We don't want to pay another 30 grand a month for backup. I get it. Um, I just, I just don't know what to tell you in terms of, you know, of I, and I see a lot of that, not just for backup, but for, for all kinds of security solutions, security controls, right. Um, that's all, there's always that argument that, well, we pay money for this thing that kind of does the same thing. Right. But those people yeah. are almost immediately, uh, almost all of those people are immediately converted when the stuff hits the fan, right. <laughs> when something yeah, bad happens, they are immediately like, oh, you know what we should we should get the enterprise version of the software. Yeah. You know what? We, should, we should probably invest in backups. <laughs> exactly. You know? It's like the old phrase, I don't know if you've heard this before, but there are no atheists in foxholes. 
right? That's right. That's right. When the bombs exactly. are falling, everybody's praying, right? Every, everyone suddenly believes, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's it. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, we're coming, well, uh, we're coming to, towards the end of the, our, our set time. So I just, uh, I want to set a little bit of time aside uh, for you to maybe, you know, give us your, your final thoughts. Uh, what are, what, you know, if there was one thing that we all had to walk away from this uh, session today, what is that thing we have, we should, we should be taking away from, from this session? Well, again, you've got to secure your backup system, right? We all agree we should have one. Your backup system should be moved to the front in terms of your cybersecurity policies, right? It, it needs to be not the ignored thing sitting over in the corner. It needs to be in the front because it is the last line of defense. So it needs to be locked up tighter than a drum. And, and I've written a lot on the kinds of things that you should be doing. And they, they are in my book, you know, I've written, I've talked about it on my podcast, Restored All Podcasts. We talk a lot about the things that you need to be doing uh, to protect the backup system. Just make sure you're doing that. And again, or you could just use something like Druva and have all of that done for you. And, you know, if, if what you're, uh, if what I'm saying makes interest you at all, you know, you can go to druva.com slash podcast and, uh, you know, send your report about it. If you're interested in the book, it's on backup. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you're interested in the book, it's on Amazon, Modern Data Protection. And uh, my podcast is uh, Restore It All. We even have a theme song. Uh, that's a, it's The name of the podcast came from a music parody that I wrote. It's a parody of Adele's Rolling in the Deep. Okay. Um, so you know the you know the phrase in the song where she says you could have had it all. You could have had it all, right? Yeah, right. So mine. So mine is it's a it's a song about a girl who got all her her data got deleted and the backup okay. system didn't work and so she's very angry, and so okay. uh, the phrase is you could restore it all, but you, you could restore it, it all, right? Okay. So that, that's where the name came from. And so if you listen, Adele, to podcast, if you're listening, if you're listening, Adele, we'd like you to record this version. <laughs> it would be fantastic. Uh, I think it's a win for both sides. Win-win. Uh, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. You could have restored it all, right? That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, just to sum it up then for everyone, Restore It All podcast that's uh, led by Curtis Preston over here, um, who is Mr. Backup. Please check out your book uh, and also check out Modern Data Protection, the new book out um, from Preston over here. Amazon.com. Um, last words from us. Uh, this has been Mark Fuentes with the Ask a CISO podcast. Please stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you so much.